0: My name is Charity Lucas, for anyone who does not know me. I am the youth minister here at Bonaire. Um, uh, None of that is necessary. (laughs) Not at all. Um, So I work with 6th graders through 12th graders um, here at the church, Um, and I am extremely nervous this morning. Um, I'm definitely much more comfortable in, like, a smaller group where you can have, like, discussion and stuff like that, Um, so... This is a little bit different for me, but I'm going to try to do my best, so just kind of bear with me. Um, This uh, morning, as I was preparing for this morning, uh, months ago, Scott was asking Connor and I what we'd mind filling in for him because he knew he was going to be at general conference. And I was like, okay, yeah, I can do this. Um, I've done it once before, so okay, all right. And so I started praying, and I was like, God, you know, like, what would you have for me to say for this Sunday? And this was months ago, like last year. Um... And as soon as I started praying that, God was just telling me, I need you to talk about the temporal versus the eternal. Um, I need you to talk about how we focus on temporary things and we kind of disregard the things that are everlasting. And I was like, okay, that doesn't really sound like super easy, but I mean, I guess I'll do that. That's okay. If that's what you're telling me to talk about, I'll talk about it. Um, And so that was months ago. And so I've just kind of been studying and praying and studying some more and praying some more. Um, and then, maybe two weeks ago, Scott sends out an email to talk about what his series was going to be about during this time. Um, now mind you, months ago, I knew, God, this is what you want me to talk about. Um, and if any of you know Scott, um, Scott is not what most people would call, like, super, like, punctual, or, like, like, really on top of things, and definitely not ahead of things. Um, and so he sends... He sends this out, and I'm like, well, I already know what I'm supposed to be talking about. Is it going to, like, conflict? You know, like, how am I going to be able to talk about, you know, what his series is about and really and truly stay true to what I know God is calling me to do? Um, and so he sends it out, and I kind of read through it, and it's all about peace, and that peace is possible. And I thought, how do those things, you know, even connect, um, But the more that I was studying and the more that I thought about it, I was like, of course they connect. Um, Because when we choose to focus on the eternal versus the temporary things, then you begin to understand that peace actually is possible. We are not hindered by the temporary things and the things that we get really, really caught up in. um, And we begin to know that there's something else on the end of this. And that makes gaining that sense of peace from him much more manageable. Um, So that's what we're talking about this morning. Um, So in studying this, you know, when you talk about the word temporal, that just means temporary or something that is only lasting for a time only. Um, But a different definition and a different view on things that are temporary is something that is transitional. Transitional. Um, and it changes your perspective when you realize that what we do here is transitional. Like, the life that we live on this earth, like, it isn't forever. Um, it is a transitional kind of thing. It's like if you're changing from one job to a next, like, there's a transition. Or if you go from working at a job to being retired, like, there's definitely a transition in that period. Um, and you know that what you were doing And what you will be doing, there's something kind of in the middle. Um, And how we approach that is very, very important. Um, And so when you talk about things that are eternal, a lot of people get a little bit kind of like, oh, that's a little creepy, a little spooky. You know, like you're being a little bit morbid when you talk about eternal things. Because we think about eternal being forever. You know, like once we are no longer in this life, you know, like what then? That's what we think of eternity. And that's part of it, but it isn't all of it. Eternity means really and truly having no beginning and having no end, and it also means that it's always existing. So when you really think about that, that means, guess what, we're part of eternity right here, right now. Um, A really good friend of mine, Mindy Henderson, was speaking this past Thursday night, and she was talking about you know, like our inheritance that we get from God. You know, like if we call ourselves his children and we gain this inheritance, we think about getting an inheritance once we get to heaven. But he's already given us a down payment for that inheritance right here, right now, and largely through the Holy Spirit, which we don't access enough, we don't talk about enough, people for sure get creeped out when you mention the words Holy Spirit together. We're like, oh no, what are we talking about here? What's, is somebody going to like speak in tongues? Or is like there a snake going to move around or something? Um, and it doesn't have to be that way. When we talk about eternity, we have to realize that we are experiencing it right here, right now. Like, Do we take advantage of that? Um, and the big struggle is to have an eternal perspective in a world that is all about the temporary. Um, I heard someone say the other day that the kids of today are microwave kids, um, that they are so used to something happening in minutes or seconds or immediately. Um, if you are ever on social media, how many people have any form of social media? Not Way, I'm sure. Yeah, not at all. Um, yeah, most people do, or you know someone who does. So if something happens, honestly, true or not true, in moments, everyone in the world has access to that information. Moments. It's so quick. It's so fast. And there are kids that have never—like, expi- I can remember when Facebook was a thing you could only get if you were in college, So that meant that if you were in high school or elementary school, there are elementary kids with Facebook, or even your mom and dad didn't have Facebook. If you didn't have a .edu email, you couldn't get Facebook. Like, I remember when that first happened, like, when it became a big thing. Um, But there are people that are living right now that they can't experience that. They don't know what that is like. Um, How many of you have ever, like, had a bag phone, a phone that was in a bag? Yeah, Um, yeah, showing your age right here, right now. Um, my first phone was a Nokia phone that my dad bought me, and I think I was a senior in high school, and I had, like, 200 minutes, and they expired before I could use them, because no one used cell phones. Um, I can remember being in college, and you would get, like, a calling card, like, that was how you could call home, or once, you know, things got a little bit more advanced, you would tell people, don't call me until after 7 o'clock when my minutes are free, um, and that's really kind of taking it back and showing how old I am. But that was a thing, and people now are like, "No, I call whoever I want, whenever I want. Like, like you know, like why would you have to wait until it's like, no, if it's not seven o'clock, like I will ignore your phone call and I will call ba- call you back later." Um, but we're so used to things being right here, right now, and we live in such a temporary-minded world. Um, but God is calling us to live in a different way. Um, so we're going to look at Second Corinthians this morning we're going to be in chapter 4, verses 16 through 18. That's Second Corinthians 4, 16 through 18. All right, so verse 16 says, So we aren't depressed, and other versions say we do not lose heart. But even if our bodies are breaking down on the outside, the person that we are on the inside is being renewed every day. Our temporary minor problems are producing an eternal stockpile of glory for us that is beyond all comparison. We don't focus on the things that can be seen, but on the things that can't be seen. The things that can be seen don't last, but the things that can't be seen are eternal. Um, So there's so much in just these few verses. Um, We're going to look at a couple of things. When it talks about... Our body's breaking down on the inside, outside. Um, and one, one version says, outwardly we are wasting away. And I'm like, oh, man. Like, that is a verse 10 years ago I would have looked at very, very differently um, because the more that I live and the older I get, the more aware I become of just how temporary this body I am in is. You know, like, my, my knees are not the same knees I had when I was 25, Um, and I think a lot of people can relate to that. My eyesight, I had to get reading glasses last year, and it almost rocked my world, because I have really good vision. Um, and I actually appreciate the fact that I have really good vision. Um, not so anymore. Um, when she was like, yeah, I think you're gonna need reading glasses, it was like, my world was like, completely rocked. Um, because I've seen people who need glasses, you know, since they were little kids, and I'm like, I've never had to experience that. But because I have a temporary body guess what it's starting to break down um and so I am becoming more and more aware of how temporary it is the thing is this body has always been temporary from minute one when I was born it was a temporary thing Um, I'm just now becoming aware of it Um, I have a friend who says I never knew I had knees until I turned 40 you know or I never knew you know like man how important that shoulder was until you know like I was having trouble with my shoulders um it's always been there. I'm just more aware of it. So I work with 6th through 12th graders. And if you have ever spent any time with teenagers, you realize like they're a different like breed of creature. Like it's very, very different being around adults versus being around teenagers. And it's much like being around two-year-olds. I used to teach preschool years ago. And the funny thing is is uh two Sundays ago I had a girl that I taught when she was in a two-year-old class who was now in youth and she came to youth and I thought, oh goodness, this is too much happening right now. Um but if you've ever been around a two year old or if you've ever around a teenager, like they're very, very similar. So if you are a parent of a toddler, just know the skills that you are building right now. Like you can use them again in about ten years. Because it's very, very similar. Um teenagers um They think that the world revolves around them in a lot of ways. Um, And if you've ever been around a two-year-old, it is all about them. Their favorite words are no and mine. Um, And they have very similar attitudes. Um, Two-year-olds are messy and gross and, hello, have you been around a teenager lately? Um, We took our middle schoolers on a retreat this past week. And there was only like four boys, I think, that went on the trip. And so at the very end, I'm like, you know, like clean out the boys' room, bring all your stuff out, put it in this front room, and the girls are going to do the same, and you walk into this front room, and I'm like, we were there two days, but the smell in that room, and their bags were closed, and I'm like, so I know your mom sent you with more or less clean clothing, why does it smell this way, why is it this way, um, it's like, well, you're at that age right now, um. And two-year-olds are very much the same way. They do things, and you're like, how is that food from a week ago, you know, like, still, like, stuck in this crevice right here? And you just don't understand it. But the mindset is a me and mine, and I want it fast, and I want it quick. And you can't do whatever you're doing. You can't do it fast enough. Or I've got to get to that point on my own so quickly. Um, And it's easy to kind of laugh and think, oh, gosh, yeah, they are like that. Um, But, like, we are like that, too. Like, we... Are so impatient for God to do things for us that how many times do we just do it ourselves and mess it up? Um, when my brother was younger, his biggest thing is he wanted to dress himself, um, and that meant his pants were on the you know turned around backwards, shoes that weren't even the same size, his shirt is a shirt that was in the dirty hamper that he went and got out, but like he wanted to do it himself. My mom knew, okay, you're not dressed appropriately for the weather. I'm not sending you out like that because no one's going to say my kid looks dirty because, you know, like we didn't pay attention to him. Um, She knew better than he did. Even though he wanted to do it on his own, it's like you're not at the point where you can dress yourself yet. And that's okay. You will get there. But for now, I need to make those decisions for you. But we do that with God all the time. Um, Verse 17, when it talks about um, our bodies and the things that we go through, one version, it says light and momentary. The things that we're going through are light and momentary. And a lot of us will look at that and say, well, I'm going through some really tough things right now. Maybe I'm having a tough time at my job. Maybe there's a tough time with my health or health of a loved one. Um, maybe like my relationship is really, really hard right now. And we think, I don't, I don't want us to think that, when Paul says this, that he is belittling anything that you or someone you love is going through. Paul went through a lot of really, really difficult things. This isn't someone who was living a pampered life was writing this. If you ever research Paul, he was in prison. He was persecuted. Like, people did not care for Paul. Um, and so he s- is saying this knowing what he's gone through. And he's saying it's light, it's momentary. And that's not to belittle anything, but it's to say things need to have a place. So what you're going through, if it's hard, call it hard. But also don't let it stop you from doing the things that God is calling you to do. Um, We give things way more weight than we should in our life. The things that are really important, a lot of times we don't even address, we don't talk about, it's not even an issue, it's not even on our radar. And then there are other things that, don't matter that we spend time and energy and money and resources spending time thinking about. So this verse isn't to say disregard anything hard that you're going through. It's saying only give it its, its, its proper place. So if we're talking about the eternal versus um, temporal, how, what would really happen if we chose to live our lives in a way where we focus on the eternal? Um, the first thing is we're going to gain a sense of peace. When we focus on things that are eternal, we gain peace. Because once we realize this is a temporary situation, we can accept the peace that God has for us. And Philippians chapter 4, verses 7 through 9, it talks about what my grandma would call the peace that passes all understanding. Um... It says, And the peace that exceeds all understanding will keep your hearts and minds safe in in Christ Jesus. That is saying that we can't understand it, but it's there because God gives it to us. If you've ever been with someone who is going through a difficult time, Um, And you think, gosh, how can they have peace in this moment? You know, like, I'm frazzled if I have to sit on Watson in traffic for too long at the wrong time. Like, if I leave work and there's, like, school traffic. I mean, have you been at Bonaire when school is getting out? The middle school is even worse. Like, it's a nightmare over there. Like, if I'm sitting, I like, there is not peace anywhere near me. Um, But there are people that can live a life and go through difficult things and have that peace that goes beyond what we can understand, but you only gain that from God when you gain that eternal perspective. Um, And another thing that we can do is we can navigate difficult situations when we have an eternal perspective Um, because we know to expect difficult things, and we also know that those difficult things don't last forever. Whatever you're going through right now in your life that you think there is no end, and it can be really, really hard, um, or it can just be something as, like, man, my kid's in a phase of life that I want them to be out of, like, when's the next, you know, like, one of the ladies in our church has a son who she was apparently potty training yesterday, and she was kind of posting it on Facebook about potty training her son, and she's like, man, I didn't realize that someone could hold it this long, like, hours and hours and hours, and he hasn't gone yet, and for her, in that moment, she's probably feeling like, when is he getting out of pull-ups, like, when's the next step? Um, and it's kind of comical, comical to think about, but you, anyone who has ever done that and is on the other side of it, you're like, guess what? He's going to be potty trained. Like, he's being stubborn with you, and he's not going to go, and he doesn't want to deal with whatever you're dealing with. Like, there's no amount of incentives you can give to make him go, but, like, he's going to be tr- potty trained, and you'll be on the other side of this at some point. So she's got to realize it's temporary. He's waiting you out. You just got to wait out with him. I mean, we've got to have that attitude about the things that we go through life. Like, it's temporary. There is an end because what we're dealing with isn't going to last forever. I mean, the Bible is very, very clear about that, but we've got to focus on that while we're getting through the hard stuff because it doesn't make it easy, but it makes it bearable. Another thing that once we start to focus on the eternal um, our lives will look like is that we decide to focus on only the things that matter and only the things that are important and everything else doesn't get a space in our life if it's not important eternally it doesn't get to have a space in our life um, how many of you have ever heard of Marie Kondo okay has everybody anybody ever heard of her yeah so like no one in the 830 had heard of her <laughs> and I was like mm, she's on Netflix so that's probably why they haven't heard of her Um, But she's a, like, really, really small Asian lady, and she is all about organizing your life and trying to find things that spark joy. And you only keep things that you say spark joy in your house. Um, And so if you ever get on Netflix and watch her show, you see people who are trying to get rid of things, trying to pare things down. I don't know about you, but I have way too much stuff. Um, like, the amount of clothes that I actually wear versus what is in my closet, like, the percentage is just crazy, crazy. Um, and you never know just how much stuff you have until you have to move. Like, have you ever had to move, and you're like, how did we get all of these things? Like, you have stuff that you're like, I don't even know where I bought this. It still has the tags on it. Um, And Marie Kondo's big thing is you only keep the things that are important to you. If you have a goal, if you say, guess what, I'm going to downsize because I want to travel with my spouse, but you're holding on to a bunch of stuff, she goes back to what's the goal? If the goal is I want to travel with my spouse or I want to spend more time with my grandkids or I want to be able to quit my job because we don't have to pay for space for all of this stuff, like if that's the goal, what are you going to do to get to that goal? How can paring down your belongings get you to that goal? Um, I'm obsessed with, like, tiny houses and the concept of them, and I think it would be really, really cool, in theory, to live in one. And, like, I'll watch, like, marathons about tiny houses. Some of them are way more expensive than just, like, buying a normal size house, which is crazy to me. Um, But a lot of people, especially if you look at a family, there's at least one person in the family that has a really hard time getting rid of their belongings to move into this tiny house. So you'll have people that will go from a 2,500 square foot home into a 350 square foot. That's a bit of a difference. And you can't take all of the stuff that you had in that other house into here. you got to say what is important, what will we use the most, what means the most to me, and then how c- now let's use only that. When we think about eternal things, we've got to have the same mindset. Like this is a temporary thing. We've collected a lot of things here on this earth um, and kind of taken on a lot of things that really shouldn't have space in our lives, and we put so much stock in them, and they're so important, and God's saying, what's the most important things? Only have space for that in your life. Um, It's really difficult to focus on the eternal when you feel like, I don't really know about it. Like, I don't know how to grasp that. We're only humans, and so it's hard to think of what eternity looks like. Um... I saw a thing on Facebook or something. It was like, you know, like, what are you, you know, what's your five year plan? What's your 10 year plan? It's like, I'm just trying to make it to Friday. And most of us feel like I'm just trying to make it to Friday. Um, But we've got to start tapping into that eternal perspective. Um, And there are a few ways that you can start to just do that. Um, The first way is by thinking long term. So even if you can't understand the concept of eternity, and I don't think there's any human who can fully understand that, start to think long-term. Start to think in, if I do this thing, how will it affect me and others in five minutes, in an hour, in a week, in a year, in five years, in ten years, in fifty years? How will the things I do affect the long-term? And that's one way to just kind of taste eternity. Too many times we get really upset or really wrapped up in things that don't matter. They don't matter in that moment, and they're definitely not going to matter in five years. Um, Being around teenagers teaches you a lot about the, like, human condition um, and just about, like, how we are at our core as humans because— For them, whatever they're dealing with is the most important thing ever. Um, You'll have a kid who says they're dating. You're in sixth grade. You're not dating anybody. Um, But, yeah, they're dating, which means they, like, sat beside each other in, like, two or three classes. So they were dating that day. Um, They're dating, and, you know, it means the world to them. And it's the biggest deal, and it's the most important thing in that moment. And mom and dad, you just don't understand how important it is, and it just means everything. Um, and then five minutes later, it's on to something else, um, and as an adult, I can look at those situations and say, that doesn't matter, um, that's not a big deal, um, that person who you think you cannot live and breathe without, you probably will not remember their name in five years, um, but they mean the world to them in that moment, um, and it's easy to look at that and say, oh, gosh, come on, grow up, kid. Like, be aware of what's going on. But how often do we do that? I know there are many times where I'm so upset. I'm just like, man, this is the most important decision I'm ever going to make in my life. And God's saying, it's not. You think it is? But guess what? There's more coming. There's more, like, bigger things are coming that I need you to really be focused on. Um, and so we've got to have that attitude of thinking long term. Um, And we've also got to realize that the things we do here on earth have an eternal impact. Um, We forget that we are representatives of Christ. In John 13, 35, it says, By this everyone will know that you are my disciples, if you love one another. Like That's how people will know that we belong to God in the way that we love. Um, I always, always, always tell my students, you know, like, we should look more and more like our father the more and more that we spend time with him. Like, it is not a thing that we get to pick up sometimes and disregard other times. I was talking with one of my middle schoolers. I said, what if your parents said, you know, like, I'm going to take care of you only Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Monday through Thursday, you're kind of on your own. What would happen to you? And uh, it was actually Jack Hagan who said, oh, uh, I think I'd be dead. Um. Yeah, I was like, Yeah, you would absolutely be dead. Um, I'm like, I've seen you in action. There's no way you can support yourself and take care of yourself. Um, but we do that with God. We say, God, we only want to spend time with you in these confined hours, and we only want that relationship. I said, if Julie and Scott decided to do that, like, we'd be calling like the authorities and say, Hey, someone's not taking care of this kid. Um. Because that's their kid, he belongs to them They chose that relationship with him And they don't get to put it down when they don't feel like dealing with him Um, But we do that with God We say, God, you're optional And we can't live that way Um, We have to know that whatever we do here And that is the small things and the big things Like it has an eternal impact And that's one of the biggest things that we've got to do Is that both big things and small things matter Um, A lot of times we think, hey, I know that God wants us as Christians. We are called to live lives um, that honor him and that bring people closer to him. Like, we say that, and we say it really, really loud and all over Facebook and to our friends, but our lives don't reflect that. Um, How many times do you see someone post something and you think, You're saying, man, I really, like, I really think we need to be taking care of kids, and we need to be, and I'm like, I've never seen you volunteer in the nursery. Like, I've never seen, like, you you say that you think kids need help, and gosh, you know, the youth of today are so lost, but like, have you signed up to help out with the youth group? And this isn't a plug for ministries, but really and truly, every ministry area should have a waiting list of volunteers if we truly have an eternal perspective. Because we don't just say we think things important, we do things about it. And most people don't want to hear that. They think, oh, that's a little harsh, kind of trying to tell me what to do. But it's reality. The reality is if I think that it matters what a five-year-old learns, because I know that that has eternal impact, then guess what? I need to be pouring into five-year-olds. Like, those are the things that I should be doing. And oftentimes, we don't think that way. Um, if you're a parent, you realize that there are hard things that you have to do when a kid is young because you know in the end it's better for them. Um, tying shoes is a really, really easy example. It is easy to, easier and, fa- like, faster to just tie your kid's shoes. It is. If you're trying to get out of the house, hey, we got to go, we got to go. It's easier for you to do it. But guess what? Are you going to be tying the shoes of your, I don't know, your 25-year-old? Like, are you going to, before he goes to work in the morning at his job on the base, are you coming over to tie his shoes? No, because you know that's a small thing that he needs to be able to do for himself. Um, And he's got to put in the work, and you've got to do it. Um, The small things matter, and we just overlook that. We forget that living for Christ often looks really, really hard, really, really messy, and the majority of the time, it's behind the scenes work. We have a lot of teachers in this church right now. Who is a teacher in any capacity? If you teach, it can be preschool, high school, or you've been a teacher at any time. We have a lot of retired people here, too. Um, people don't realize the work that goes into teaching before you ever are in that classroom on a Monday morning. Um, most of my volunteers that help me out on Sunday nights, they're teachers. And they say, oh, I've got to go do lesson plans. I've got to go to the school to prepare. Like, that's what they do before coming to youth on a Sunday night. And people think, oh, you're just hanging out with kids all day. And it's like, no, there's so much more to it. Um, When we went on this retreat this past week, I was exhausted when I got back. Like, didn't want to move or look at anyone or be around anyone or do anything. And I was like, why am I so tired? I haven't done anything physically demanding, but because I was thinking constantly um, when you're thinking for 12 middle schoolers, that's a lot of thinking that has to be done. When people talk about having mom brain and being forgetful or being exhausted, I'm like, that's a real thing. Now, I'm only getting just a taste of it dealing with other people's kids, but it's a real thing because you are thinking for the people that you were in charge of. Um, and those little things matter. You can't just say, hey, let's load up the van and go. Like, what are they going to eat? What are they going to do? What are we going to talk about? Who's going to lead worship? Like Those are all things that are small, but they have to be taken care of. Um, and we just have to realize when we think about eternity, there's a lot of really, really small things that we could be doing right now that we choose not to do because it's not glamorous. Um, there's a quote that says, um, everyone wants to change the world, but nobody wants to change the toilet paper. Um, or wash the dishes, or cut the grass, or do any kind of menial task that really and truly has to be done, but nobody wants to do it. Um, I grew up with three brothers, and um, boys are kind of gross, and they don't really think about something as small as changing the toilet paper, and my mom would get furious about it, because, it, and my brother's like, it's not that big a deal, I just forgot to replace it, and it's like, It's a big deal when you need toilet paper and it's not in the place that it's supposed to be in. Like, that's a big deal. Um, Or when you need dishes and none of them have been washed. Um, Small things matter, and we've just got to remember that. There are so many small things that God is calling you to do right here, right now, that you're able to do. He's made you, and he's fashioned you to do them, but we've just got to remember that. Um, When we talk about first focusing on the eternal versus the temporal, I don't want you to think that you— disregard all the things that you have responsibility. So I don't want anyone to say, hey, Scott, Charity is preaching on Sunday, and she said um, that we can only focus on the eternal and the temporary things don't matter. So I'm not really paying attention to my husband this week um, because, you know, like that's not eternal. You know, like my kids, I'm kind of letting them fend for themselves, you know, like I think they'll kind of figure it out. I've got better things to kind of take care of. That's not what I'm saying, and please don't say that I said that. Um, Those things matter, but we've got to put them in a proper place, and we just have to remember that. Um, And to know that God is calling us to look at things in the same way that he is looking at them, and that we can only do that with his help. Um, And to know that there's peace in knowing that whatever you're dealing with right now, like, it isn't forever. Um, There's something on the other side. Um, And just... Find, I find a lot, a lot of hope in that in knowing that and that things will eventually change. Um, so right now I'm going to close this out in prayer. Um, and I really am going to invite down um, the people for prayer. So if you're at a point in your life where you feel like, okay, I do feel like I want to focus more on the eternal things. Um, come down. Pray with Cindy. Pray with Larry. Pray with me. Um... Talk to someone if you're saying, like, what are the steps that I can take to kind of have that mindset. Um, And to know that we aren't meant to do it alone. Um, And there's definitely joy in knowing that. All right, we're going to pray. All right, dear Father, I just pray that um, as we leave here today and go back to our lives, that we choose a life that honors you, Lord, and that we choose a life... um, That is all about focusing on the eternal things and seeing things the way that you see them, Lord. And not just the temporary. In your name we pray. Amen.